Welcome to Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. Over the next hour, you're going to learn from expert guests their thoughts on alternative and complementary healing modalities. Now, here is Kathy. You're listening to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Kathy Thurman, and welcome to the 11th episode of Soul to Wellness. I was originally planning on having a panel of four clients of mine on the show this evening, all of whom are near and dear to my heart. I've been seeing these clients for multiple years, and eventually they will be sharing their personal stories on how they benefited from energy medicine, holistic trauma work, and utilizing some of the life coaching tools that I've shared in past episodes of Soul to Wellness. Unfortunately, one of my guests could not make it this evening, so we decided to pre-record the show yesterday, and the recording of that show with my four clients will be airing on the 12th and final episode of this pilot radio series, which is next Tuesday on February 27th. That's next Tuesday on February 27th. The upcoming guest on episode 12 will be Umberto Alabado, a professional singer and dancer who got his start in show business with an international cross-cultural organization called Up With People that used to perform in the Super Bowl halftime shows in the 1970s and 80s. Grammy and Emmy Award-winning sound engineer Robert McCumber will also be joining us, along with psychology and criminal justice major Caitlin Reed from Michigan State University, Go Spartans, in addition to Cassidy V, who is a loving mother, life coach, brilliant fashion designer, and entrepreneur. All of these amazing individuals have come to me for trauma recovery which is what I now specialize in and never in my wildest dreams would I have guessed that's what I would be doing for my career. I think I was five or six years old the first time when someone asked me, what would you like to be when you grow up? And I can assure you my answer was not, I would like to be a trauma recovery practitioner. <laughs> when I was young, I had not heard of such a career and little did I know that my life was preparing me for my current occupation. Even when I was beginning my career in speech language pathology, I had no idea I would wind up here on a radio show discussing how trauma actually serves our journey and the multiple holistic methods to heal it. When clients come to see me for trauma recovery, that's what I try to help them to see that our past and everything in it, the good, the bad, and the ugly, both positive and negative influences are illuminating our life path and guiding us towards our soul's purpose. As I've discussed in past episodes, trauma is the outcome of unmet needs. And these unmet needs leave a painful void in our lives that we subconsciously attempt to fill externally. And that's the problem. We attempt to externally fill this void with relationships, material possessions, technology, or addiction, none of which is going to do the trick. We have to fill the void from within. And the reason we don't think to is because no one showed us how to fill the void ourselves. No one told us, hey, here's a shovel, and within you is an infinite pile of wonderment that you can dig into in order to fill this empty hole. And I promise you that no matter where you dig in this infinite pile of wonderment, you won't find any dirt or manure anywhere, 
even if that's how you feel. There is nothing but treasure in that pile of wonderment. What keeps us from digging is fear. But when you find the right person or assistance to help you, it's easier to break up that compacted topsoil to uncover the hidden precious artifacts and to remove the debris so that you can clear and prepare a new pathway. Yes, trauma causes us hardship, but what's even more painful is losing our sense of purpose. I will bring this to my grave. Once you find your purpose, the past is irrelevant. Just like when you find the perfect partner, the old lovers are insignificant. Just like when you find the perfect shade of lipstick, for lack of another example. I mean, when you find that perfect shade of lipstick, there's no going back, right? You fall in love with that color and you just want to lay a big wet one on the entire world because you're so passionate. And with passion comes power. It's the power of our passion that overshadows our darkness because everything is energy and it's just a matter of focusing that energy and attention onto something positive and fulfilling. And you have that within you. Even the sleeping prophet Edgar Casey once said, all we need to fully realize our potential is already within us. And if it doesn't feel safe to tap into that potential quite yet, it's okay. And it's no wonder. There is a lot stacked up against us. Because traumatic experiences disconnect us from the inner wisdom that guides us towards our purpose. Trauma leads to the development of the overreactive stress response, maladaptive behaviors, and limited beliefs that interfere with our intuition and continue to erode our sense of trust. On tonight's show, I'm going to briefly share with you how I regained that trust. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm going to keep everything on as superficial level as possible, but I will be discussing the taboo topic of sexual abuse and assault because it's a huge problem in society, and I think it's time we proactively address it. So if you have a history of sexual abuse or assault that you've not quite dealt with, I want to afford you an opportunity to discontinue listening to this show. Again, I will not be going into any graphic details, but I did want to provide a fair warning, and I will be beginning my story in a few minutes. My story will be demonstrating how dysfunctional patterns in our lives can stem from original traumas. Not only can trauma entrench, entrench negative emotions in our psyche, shape our beliefs, condition our responses, repress our memories, and retain memories of distressing events in every cell of our body. I have also come to believe from my collective experience and research that the shock of trauma creates a disruption of irregular patterns in the energy flow of our biofield. And this disruption continues to disharmony in our mental and physical well-being that progressively worsens over time if left unattended. And if left unhealed, I believe we are prone to subconsciously recreate history and reenact our original traumas in one way, shape, or form. 
Research suggests that mental illness is developed. It's not something a person is born with. And we have yet to truly understand why some people are more vulnerable than others to develop mental illness. What I can tell you is that as someone who's been practicing energy medicine for 17 years, I have been able to turn around many mental health issues. I'll give you some examples. In Eastern medicine, depression can be due to an imbalance in a person's water element, and anxiety can be due to an imbalance in a person's fire element. I'm referring to the Chinese five elements, and we discussed the five elements in episodes one and four. And once we reestablish balance within these elements, my clients' ailments generally improve. There are many effective energy medicine techniques I teach my clients to help curb and panic attacks within a matter of minutes. I once had a mother bring her daughter to me who was in a catatonic state. This client was catatonic for nearly three months, and she had been to several doctors and was on a number of medications, and I was the mother's last resort. Within 45 minutes of energy balancing, the symptoms alleviated and the client regained normal motor function and responsiveness. And I have witnessed grounding techniques to be highly effective in anger management and emotional regulation. Just a couple weeks ago, I performed a seven-minute trauma release technique on my massage table that helped to relieve years of back pain in one of my clients. And I'm not trying to make false promises here, okay? These are legitimate experiences. These are the reasons why I do diligently try to share what I've learned and why I propose more research into energy medicine, as well as encourage recovery centers to hire skilled energy medicine practitioners. Energy medicine saved my life, and my trauma led me to energy medicine so that I could save the lives of others and help my clients to live an authentic and purposeful journey. And now, on to my story. My original trauma began with familial incest, and this set me up to be targeted by pedophiles in my neighborhood. I'll provide a couple of scenarios that occurred. There was a man who lived near my kindergarten school who hung around the playground. He learned my name and began catching me off the slide and insisted pushing me on the swings as a means to gain rapport and win my trust. He also pursued my best friend who walked to school with me and the encounters on the playground led to an invitation to his house right next door to the school, and he would coerce us with toys, and sadly, it worked. My grade school was at a different location, and at the first of the year, the janitor would come to the classrooms and select one child from each grade level to be his personal assistant. He picked me as his helper in second grade. I remember my assignment was to file pink, white, and yellow maintenance slips, and the janitor wound up molesting me in the boiler room. Unfortunately, I was not the only child this janitor targeted, and I had more incidences with other perpetrators. But I don't need to share any more childhood experiences because the point of me sharing what I have so far was to demonstrate the developing patterns to my trauma. Meanwhile, I had additional problems with older male attention. I had a junior high and high school teacher who didn't cross any physical lines, but made it known that they were attracted to me. And of course, 
that gave me the creeps. And then I had won a regional school award my senior year of high school, and a man from the award ceremony wound up stalking me. He lived in a neighboring town. He found out I was working at a bank, opened up a savings account through me, and he would always wait for me to be his teller. And because we had talked a number of times, I had recognized his voice when he began calling my home, requesting to speak with me on the phone, and he would begin to say obscene things to me when I would answer. Now, I had lived in a very small town during a time period before the internet and before we had access to criminal records and sexual offender registries. And in my hometown, it would have been very easy for someone with a criminal background to start a new life. So I just assumed that was the reason for most of the bad things that were happening to me. After graduation, I moved away and went to college in a big city. I got a job working in an autistic residential group home. Within two weeks of employment at this group home, I was sexually assaulted by the man who worked on the midnight shift. The man was significantly older than me, as were all my perpetrators. And that was when I had awakened to the pattern of my trauma. The night of the assault, I had serious suicide ideation. I was frozen in fear and didn't know what to do or who to turn to for help. I had school the next morning, and my intuition told me to go to school. I don't know why, but I felt that very strongly, and so I did. I was sitting on the floor of the hallway, and my professor could see that I was distressed. I was waiting by the classroom for my professor to unlock the door. And she told me she forgot something in her office and that she would be right back. She, she had this little shuffle to her walk. And I remember her shuffling back and she returned with a book in her hands and said to me, look, Kathy, obviously something's wrong and it's not my business. All I know is that you need to read this book and I expect to have a conversation about it a week from now. And that was it. My professor handed me the book, and she proceeded to open the classroom door. This incident snapped me out of my stress response, and I remember looking at the book in amazement. The book was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, and the reason I was amazed was because she was the third teacher who told me I needed to read that book. I had a middle school teacher recommended, a high school teacher, and now a college professor. This is an example of synchronicity and how guides enter our lives, which I'll explain in the second half of the show. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Man's Search for Meaning, it's a tough read because it's about the Holocaust and how Viktor Frankl survived three years in concentration camps and how he persevered with the determination to find the meaning to the madness of his experience. Intrigued, I read the book cover to cover that night. I remember closing the book and thinking to myself, I don't know why this keeps happening to me, but I am determined to figure it out. It took me a while, but I did. Fast forward to one of my first patients as a speech-language pathologist. This patient's name was Florence, 
she had a stroke known as Broca's aphasia, which means she had very limited expressive speech. Florence also had a physical impairment from her stroke, and she showed little to no improvement within the first three months in rehab. And according to Western medicine, the lack of improvement was most likely due to permanent brain damage. I'd lost contact with Florence until after she was discharged from rehab. A year later, Florence had contacted me via telephone, and she was speaking fluently. I was, I was so happy she was fully recovered, and she told me that she hadn't fully recovered until two weeks before she contacted me. I found this to be confusing, and so I asked Florence why she thought that was the case. And she told me that she didn't show any improvement for nearly a year after being discharged from the hospital. And then all of a sudden, she regained her speech as well as her physical mobility. That just didn't make any sense to me. And although I was thrilled for Lawrence, I asked her what happened a couple weeks ago that could have possibly prompted a spontaneous healing. She told me that she had a really bad flu with a 105-degree temperature that nearly killed her. She was required to soak in an ice bath, and after her fever subsided, all of her speech and physical mobility had returned immediately, as if a light switch turned on. This is unheard of in Western medicine, and the doctors, of course, chalked it up to a miracle. Florence was hoping I had an explanation for her. I told her I believed in miracles, but I was intrigued and determined to explore the potential reasons for the spontaneous healing. Because my soul is stubborn, I found my answers the hard way. I shared this next story before in a prior episode, so I will be quick. A while back, I became seriously ill. My adrenal glands stopped producing sufficient cortisol for over a year and my body was shutting down. Western medicine misdiagnosed me and prescribed me steroids, and that only made matters worse. I realized I was going to have to heal myself, and I stumbled across energy medicine. As mentioned in prior episodes, I began doing Donna Eden's daily energy routine, which returned my cortisol levels to normal within two weeks. I remember feeling switches turn on, immediately, and my life force was quickly returning. I was so impressed, I changed careers from speech-language pathology and began my studies in Eastern medicine. I gathered a collection of tools from life coaching, hypnosis, and energy medicine, and here I am doing what I'm doing. I never forgot Florence's story because I wasn't meant to. Florence was a guide for me. She was a pivotal character in my soul's journey. Her story planted a seed, which led me to research the piezoelectricity of our biofield, which simply means our biofield is highly pressurized and that it's sensitive to pressure. I often comment that I can help people who suffer from stroke far more now than when I was working as a speech-language pathologist, because now I understand the anatomy of the biofield. I understand how disruptions in the biofield can create one-sided stroke symptoms. And I know how to locate 
and correct the switches in the energy field that have turned off. I have also learned how the body's physiology can create thermal expansion in the biofield through heat, such as fever. And because of the piezoelectric nature of our biofield, the pressure and thermal expansion of heat would naturally release blockages in our biofield. And that's what I believe happened to Florence. I believe her 105 degree temperature was her body's natural mechanism to reestablish balance. And this is a basic theory in homeopathy that we'll be discussing in future episodes. Homeopathy suggests our body's symptoms are actually our body's solution to a problem. There's a little more to it, but when I explain the fundamental principles in homeopathy, it will make more sense. So what does the piezoelectricity have to do with trauma? A couple of things. Earlier in the show, I mentioned how the shock from trauma can create a disruption in the energy flow of our biofield. Our biofield is similar to the electrical wiring in a house. And I believe the shock from trauma short circuits our internal wiring such that fuses are blown and switches are turned off. Our biofield is like a battery. It's the battery that powers our physical body with the energy that it needs to regulate its chemistry and heal itself. And according to energy medicine, if switches can turn off, they can turn back on. Just like what happened to Florence. As one of my trauma recovery protocols, I work with the piezoelectricity of the biofield to help release disruptive energy blocks that surface when our mind revisits a traumatic memory. I'm basically rewiring and correcting negative patterns in the energy field. And this protocol helps to release the emotional charge from the traumatic memory. So the memory is still there, but the memory no longer has a negative impact on the mind or body. I promise, no heat, no fevers, and no ice baths are involved in this process, okay? It's simply an energy medicine technique that entails a lot of grounding methods, a little bit of pressure on the soles of the heels, some gentle stimulation of the Achilles tendon, which is highly piezoelectric, and light touching on some potent acupressure points that regulate the nervous system and facilitate the release of negative emotions that are associated with past trauma. The technique is quite simple and apparently it's effective because I have a waiting list of clients wanting to get in for this type of treatment. And once my clients try it, they want to do it again because it provides them so much emotional relief. Because of the amount of trauma I have had, I have used this technique on myself quite often, and I can honestly say that I would not be as solid in my recovery without it. But what works for me may not work for you, all right? I am a firm believer that one size does not fit all, and I will be talking more about that in the second half of the show. Please note that I am not here to sell my technique. I mention my technique because in my opinion, it's a beautiful outcome of my soul's journey. My journey through the good, the bad, and the ugly.
and I would not have discovered this profound healing technique if it wasn't for my trauma. And it wasn't just my trauma that led me to this technique. What also led me to this point were multiple failed attempts at other methods that didn't help heal me. And that is the entire reason why I wanted to start this radio show. Voice America flat out asked me, what is your main objective for the show? And my main objective is to reform rehab and recovery programs because the status quo is failing. I think it's due time we add more alternative and complementary approaches to rehab. I believe we need to incorporate more methods of grounding, energy balancing, proper nutrition, and supplementation as opposed to prescription cocktails. And I believe treatment plans should be customized according to a person's sensory type. We talked about the four sensory types in episode six. The sensory types are about how we process information. And our trauma is basically information that has not been fully processed. And the reason it hasn't been processed is because there's an emotional attachment to it. And I have found that the key to permanently healing trauma is not just removing the emotional attachment, but to understand why it happened in the first place. And we'll talk more about that and how to do that in the second half of the show. Wow, we have a lot to talk about in the second half of the show. So we best dive in after the commercial break. Past lives and other juicy topics coming right up. See you on the other side. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Tune in to hear Kathy Thurman share her favorite tools and stories from 17 years of experience working as a certified holistic life coach, hypnotist, and energy medicine practitioner on Soul to Wellness with expert guests offering their feedback on alternative and complementary healing modalities. Soul to Wellness, hosted by Kathy Thurman, Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back, and thank you for joining Kathy Thurman on Soul to Wellness, your place to tune into your inner self and explore the journey to whole person wellness. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone. In the first half of the show, we left some topics open for discussion, on which was uh, one of which was the necessity to understand the purpose of trauma. What I find to be interesting is that some of us will do everything we can to avoid addressing our trauma because, well, it's painful and too much work. And then we'll turn around and spend hours at the gym. And what do we say to ourselves in the process? No pain, no gain, right? What are we doing at the gym? We're building muscle. And some of us will go to great effort and expense for that resistance training. Now, if you were to watch an infant in its mother's arms, as long as that infant is awake, you'll notice it squirming and kicking and tugging the mother's hair. That baby is active. The mother's body is like a fitness center. And all that pushing and pulling is resistance so that the infant can build muscle in order to crawl. And then the next level of resistance training are all the obstacles laying around on the floor so that the child can build muscle to walk. And what do we do when we walk? We move forward. Since infancy, it was our natural drive and inclination to move forward in life. There was a time when any challenge was accepted. Obstacles were once motivating, or at the very least, an interesting learning experience. As mentioned in episode one, trauma begins to chip away at our childlike wonder. During our first appointment, the very first thing I introduced to my clients is a chessboard. I use the chessboard as a metaphor. I tell them the pieces represent their thoughts, warring with one another. The board represents our body, containing the battleground as our thoughts duke it out. And then there's the chess player, removed from the situation, hanging out overhead with the bird's eye view and broader perspective, gaining insight, strategizing, and planning ahead. The chess player is the ideal level to approach our unresolved trauma. I try to help my clients reach that level through the introduction of energy medicine and learning how to ground their biofield. Another an author, Carolyn Mace, quoted, the soul always knows what to do to heal itself. The challenge is to silence the mind. Grounding accomplishes that. When we're grounded, it's easier to regulate our nervous system. We're less emotional and more rational. Grounding promotes sensory awareness and anchors us in our bodies. Consequently, we feel safe. And when we feel safe, we're willing to explore our emotions and experiences. In episode six, we reviewed multiple grounding techniques, and I encourage my clients to explore different practices that resonate with them. Grounding lays the foundation to support the healing process. As a practitioner, I attempt to ground my clients with validation, understanding, and respect. And when they're ready, I encourage my clients to receive energy balancing treatments. The body work serves as exposure therapy and non-talk therapy because little by little, each treatment helps my clients to learn how to connect with the present moment, relax, let go, receive, 
trust, and open up to their inner wisdom. I next teach my clients the five elements and the sensory types. Learning about the five elements help my clients to identify their strength and to balance their needs. Learning about the sensory types help my clients to navigate through the emotional triggers and conflicts. I also teach clients about their core values, attachment styles, love languages, healthy boundaries, and other helpful tools. I encourage my clients to try some trauma release techniques through body work. And after a couple trauma releases, most clients begin to feel comfortable engaging in inner child exercises. Within a very short amount of time, my clients begin managing their warring thoughts. They stop wanting to escape from their bodies. They stop wanting to engage in bad habits, and they look forward to planning their lives from the chess player's perspective. And from that frame of reference, my clients begin to see and accept that their trauma was the resistance that helped them build the muscle that was necessary to support their life path. Through small, manageable steps, my clients return to their natural inclination to move forward. And because I normally attract clients who have the water element, they want to dive deep. They enjoy a good rabbit hole. And at this stage, my clients learn to interpret their dreams and begin to see life as a waking dream, as we discussed in episode nine. They look for synchronicities in their day-to-day -day lives. Synchronicity is a term coined by Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. We will dive deeper into this phenomenon in up, uh, future episodes. But in the meantime, synchronicities are the events, experiences, or thoughts that occur beyond mere chance or probability, and they carry a sense of significance or meaning. As I mentioned in the first half of the show, it was not a coincidence that I had three teachers recommend Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Just the title alone sums up my life. When my clients fully embrace the waking dream, they're embracing the present moment. And from the childlike wonder of the present moment, they begin to reflect back to their past from a place of gratitude and play an active role in manifesting their future. And moreover, if you can open your mind to this notion that we are reincarnating souls, it's possible to receive a detailed explanation as to why your trauma happened. And through understanding comes healing. So how do I help my clients obtain that explanation? There are countless forms of hypnosis. However, I have found the most productive hypnosis to be a technique called quantum healing hypnosis that was developed by renowned hypnotherapist Dolores Cannon, who sadly is no longer with us. She was a wonderful woman who most certainly left her signature mark. I describe this hypnosis as an interview with your soul. I tell my clients, I don't care how long it is. Bring me a list of every question you want answered about your life. In quantum healing hypnosis, you can ask anything. You can ask things like, what are your limited beliefs? Why did you suffer from trauma? How can you be healed? What is your life purpose? When will you find your soulmate? Who in your current life did you share past lives with? Why did you pick your parents? And yes, <laughs> we find out that we picked our parents. 
Are there any problems with your energy field or your body? Where should you live? Do you have any, any untapped gifts? What would make you happy? If you really want to know what would make you happy, then try this hypnosis because it is the coolest thing ever. It should be on everyone's bucket list. There are three parts to this hypnosis and the entire session is recorded. The client is guided into a deep state of trance that is very near to the sleep state. The client's subconscious is invited to review a past life that is relevant to their current day challenges. Next is the interview. This is when the practitioner asks your personal questions. The answers are provided by you through your voice. And finally, if you so choose, a body scan may be requested as well as some form of quantum healing. The healing that occurs may be on the physical or emotional level. We generally ask for a healing that is in your highest interest. And that's the quantum healing hypnosis in a nutshell. It's referred to as QHHT, which stands for Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique. And if you'd like to know more about this special hypnosis or would like to locate a certified practitioner, I have left a link to that information on the Soul to Wellness page on my business website at myheroicheart.com. It's through this hypnosis that I had learned all about my soul's journey. I had learned about the purpose of my trauma and my life lessons. I learned about my soul family. A soul family is a group of souls that reincarnate together across lifetimes, and they play different roles in each other's lives. For example, your mother could have been your child in a previous life. Acquiring information from past lives can help explain current family dynamics. Many influential people in your life are generally members of your soul family. For example, I referred to my college professor and my patient Florence as my guides. Both individuals are my soul family members who make these cameo appearances in my lives. My encounters with them are generally brief yet profound. I experienced a few quantum healing hypnosis sessions and I've asked some tough questions like, why wasn't I unable to have my own biological children in this life? And why mothering came so natural to me? The answer I received is that I had a lot of practice in prior lives playing the role of mother. However, in this life, my soul chose to exercise my mother archetypal energy on a more global scale through the mission to heal others through trauma work. I learned that my current husband and I have been married a few times before, which is why he felt so familiar to me in this life. An interesting story that I learned during one hypnosis session was about a boy I grew up with named Marty. His, parent, his parents were best friends with my parents. Our parents relentlessly pressured us to date each other, even though there was no chance of that happening. We simply weren't interested in each other. I can't tell you how many times Marty's mother would say to me that she thought I would marry her son. She just wouldn't let it go and kept commenting about that well into my marriage with my current husband. We thought it was a little strange. Well, according to my hypnosis, Marty and I were a romantic item during the French Revolution. We were peasants and played a role in protesting the monarchy. 
So you just never know what fun facts might pop up. (laughs) And that's the whole idea, to approach the hypnosis from a place of intrigue as one more optional tool for self-discovery. Obviously, exploring past lives can provide a framework for understanding our soul's journey, given that it provides vivid details of our prior experiences. This understanding contributes to personal growth, self-reflection, and a deeper sense of purpose. I have learned we bring a lot of unfinished business into our current life, and past life regression can facilitate our trauma recovery by identifying some of the root causes of our present-day challenges or phobias. It also brings us comfort, knowing we're on this ongoing journey of spiritual progression. And when you learn about your soul family, it helps us to feel part of a larger, interconnected web of consciousness. Transcending time and space, life, past life regression can open us up to all the possibilities, even the concept of parallel lives. But that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) All right. Now, this next topic is not well known and is worth ruling out if you're really struggling. Because I had studied shamanism with my husband, I learned about a focal point of energy in the biofield called the assemblage point, also known as the epicenter. Hindu tradition refers to this focal point as the hairs of Shiva. To simplify matters, we're just going to call it the assemblage point. The assemblage point is not a system within the biofield. It's recognized as a structural component that is the energetic equivalent of the heart in the biofield. The assemblage point is considered to be our conscious connection with the agenda of our soul, our soul's calling. It's our North Star, if you will. And its purpose is to guide us along our soul's journey. From what I've learned, as long as our assemblage point is healthy, it has the capacity to create energy vortexes that amplify and manifest our soul's desires. It can alter and attract rewarding events and opportunities into our life. According to energy medicine, the health of the energy field and body is dependent on the proper positioning of the assemblage point. Ideally, the assemblage point is in front of our heart organ. We are generally in good physical health and in positive psychological disposition if that's the case. I have learned how to muscle test for the location of the assemblage point in my Eden Method training, and I discovered that one of two things can go wrong. The assemblage point can either become shattered or misaligned due to extreme hardship or physical injury. If an assemblage point is shattered or misaligned, technically it's off-center within the biofield, which can negatively influence the perception of our reality rob us from our life force, and contribute to anxiety or depression. And if left unattended, a shattered or misaligned assemblage point can lead to even more personal struggle. The reason I'm bringing this up is because as a trauma recovery practitioner, I can tell you that this is a problem worth investigating. So if you are significantly stuck or stuck in anger or grief or lost, If you are in constant struggle with addiction, regularly haunted by nightmares, or you are attracting one negative event after another, 
then I recommend finding an Eden energy medicine or Eden method practitioner or a shaman healer who has been trained to diagnose and treat this adverse condition in the biofield because the correction can be life-changing. You can Google for local shamans near you, or you can find a link to Eden Method Practitioners on the Soul to Wellness page of my business website at myheroicheart.com. Okay, so I was hoping I'd have time to walk you through a 12-step self-administered trauma release protocol, but I think I'm going to have to give you the abridged version. I'm going to introduce you to four powerful acupressure points. Acupressure points are like little fuse boxes along the pathways of our meridian system. Each of these points help to relax and ground the body. For now, I just want to review the instructions, but for future reference, if you would like to use these points to help reduce the intensity of negative emotions that may be associated with a bad memory, I encourage you to try it because I've had great results. Let's try the first point. The first point is one inch above the center of your eyebrows. This point is called gallbladder 14, and I'll tell you where it is. Find the center of your eyebrows, and about one inch above that center point, above each eyebrow, I'd like you to take two fingers from each hand and lightly touch those points, one inch just above the center of the brows. You might even feel a little depression in the bone. And while touching these points, I'd like you to take in some nice deep breaths in through the nose and out the mouth, remembering to slowly release that exhale. Keep holding these points and continuing to breathe for just a little bit longer. And these points are known for relaxing the tension in the forehead and around the eyes. The points help to calm the mind and release heat from the head region. Heat in our head can contribute to agitation, restlessness, and insomnia. As you hold these points and breathe, relax your shoulders and just notice if you begin to feel a shift in any body sensations. Notice if it helps you to relax. Good. And now let's move on to the next point. Right above the center point of your ears, about one inch above the top center point of your ears. This is the location of the next point. I'd like you to hold on both sides of your head, one inch above your ears. Again, using two fingers from both hands, lightly touching those points. Taking some nice deep breaths, slowly releasing that exhale. That's right. You can leave your eyes open or closed, whatever helps you to, to relax more, and just allow yourself to be present with your body. Continue to hold these points, breathe deeply, and this point is called gallbladder eight. Holding these points can help to alleviate any pain or tension in this area, and it can initiate a calming effect very quickly as it has a powerful grounding effect on the biofield. One more deep breath, noticing any sensations in the body. And let's move on to the third point. This next point is on the top of your head, and there is only one point to touch. 
This point is called governing meridian 20. It's right in the center of your head, about five fingers past your hairline. Or it's located about five fingers past your original hairline. Haha. <laughs> right in the center of the head. Okay. And just take two fingers from one hand and lightly hold that point. Breathe deeply and exhale slowly for three or four breaths. This point also releases heat from the head and not only calms and clears our mind, it also uplifts the spirit. Close your eyes if you wish or not. Just pay attention to your body and simply enjoy this time away from your cares and worries. And now I'd like you to place one hand over your heart. Whichever hand you want, simply place it over your heart. And I'd like you to take the other hand and feel for the groove between the bones of your pinky finger and your ring finger. Feel for that groove where the bone of your pinky finger meets the ring finger on the back side of the hand, where the finger bones join. It's like a V, right? And just above that, are, you know, where those two bones connect, I'd like you to tap in that area with two or three fingers and taking some nice deep breaths while doing so. Just lightly thumping that area, slowly exhaling, remembering to relax the shoulders, and continue tapping for another couple of breaths. Very nice. And this point is called Triple Warmer 3, which is a potent acupressure point known to help alleviate fear and worry. And you have that same point on the opposite hand. So why don't you switch and place the other hand over your heart and tap right into that groove between the pinky and ring finger, taking a nice deep breath three or four times, letting go of your worries, quieting your mind. That's right. Keep tapping. Quieting your mind. And what did we say about quieting the mind? The soul will begin to heal itself. Soul to wellness, my friends. One small, manageable step at a time. Because you're worth it. You can stop tapping if you like. And thank you for joining me for that exercise. I hope it helps you to relax after the bombardment of information you just heard the last hour. <laughs> I will have written instructions for that stress relief technique on the Soul to Wellness page on my business website at myheroicheart.com. This is the second to last episode of my Soul to Wellness pilot, and we have just scratched the surface of the self-discovery process. But for those of you who are beginning your healing journey, I wanted to provide you some tools to safely jumpstart the process. If you're in the position to do so, I highly recommend working with a qualified trauma therapist or practitioner who can provide you with the guidance and support you may need. The very first step is self-compassion. And if you can grant yourself that gift, it's possible to restore your connection with your true authentic self. Before we close, I want to mention that February 27th will be my last live radio show. Given the nature of my work and the amount of hours entailed, it was very difficult for me to keep up with the weekly show. 
However, I will be continuing to podcast through Voice America on a bi-monthly basis. You will find my first podcast on Voice America no later than March 12th. Frequent guests Pat Thurman, Amanda Doherty, Amber Willett, and I will also be hosting joint podcasts via Captivate.com. That's Captivate.fm. And you will find more information about that on the Soul to Wellness page on my business website at MyHeroicHeart.com. And that's all we have for this evening, everyone. Thank you for joining me in this personal powwow. And as mentioned earlier, next week's episode will be featuring four special guests of mine who I've had the honor to have as clients. These guests will be sharing their personal stories on how they benefited from energy medicine, holistic trauma work, and utilizing some of the life coaching tools that we've shared on the Soul to Wellness Radio. And just a quick note, my guest Umberto Alabado will be discussing how he's directing his upcoming production titled In the Heights. Whether you watch this show live or the movie, it's a must-see. It's very fitting to the soul's journey because it depicts the challenge of balancing the need for certainty and connection with growth and contribution in the pursuit of dreams. And regardless of their recurring struggle, the residents of this neighborhood in Upper Manhattan just keep on singing and dancing and never losing hope. In the Heights was definitely Umberto's life story, and I'm looking forward to having him on the show to share his personal awakening. This is a fine gentleman, and he is definitely living the dream and is an inspiration to us all, as are all of you. Keep in mind that your soul's journey is a tapestry of experiences, lessons, and transformation to help you find the light, your very own spotlight in which to shine. So keep digging into that infinite pile of wonderment. The world is waiting to see your dance of self-discovery. Until next time, good night, my friends. I'm Kathy Thurman, signing off on Soul to Wellness on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's no need to hurry. Slow and steady always wins the race. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Soul to Wellness with Kathy Thurman. We hope you have learned a lot and you can apply in your own life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.